Um, it's been a while since we, yeah, Jen, you can come on up, but it's been a while since we've done one of these, so we've got Giveaway Sunday. And you guys are special because we didn't do this in the first service, so count yourself blessed. We've got a woman's medium here. Oh, hey, another woman's medium over here. And if you catch it and that's not your size, well, you can find someone who has that size. Uh, men's medium out there. Oh, Jake, there you go. Well done, sir. And a men's large. Oh, <laughs> there you go. So those were Vine t-shirts. If you, um, if you don't have a Vine t-shirt, Laurel's in the lobby. Where can they get a Vine t-shirt, Laurel? You have to slack Laurel. And they're cool. And so if you've got a t-shirt, maybe put it on. You can be the model this morning. And if you want one, uh, slack Laurel, and uh, we'll get you one. Hey, we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 5 this morning. So if you have a Bible, go ahead and open it. Ephesians chapter 5, starting in verse 18. And we are in a series on the Holy Spirit. I think this is week 4. And so if you haven't been tracking with it, we encourage you to go back and listen to the podcast and just kind of see what God has been teaching us through his word about how the Holy Spirit is alive in those who name and follow and love Jesus. So Jen's going to read our text this morning. Hold on one sec. Hans has got it. Go for it. There we go. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with all your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Thank you, Jen. Let's pray together. Father, I pray that you would um, meet with us now as we seek to submit to and listen to and receive from you through your word. And uh, would you help us have eyes to see and ears to hear? Would you help me speak as I should um, with the fruit of your spirit? In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so let's look at verse 18. What does it say here? And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the spirit. So what does it mean to be filled with the spirit? And, and secondly, how do we do that? That's what we're going to seek to understand this morning. And then maybe a third question. If those first two happen, if we understand it and we know how to do it, be filled with the Spirit, what's it going to look like? What's, what's that going to look like in those that are filled with the Spirit? All right, so let's dive in first. Like, what does it mean to be filled with the Spirit? Well, we know one thing for sure because of this contrast. You see the contrast in verse 18? The contrast between drunkenness on the one hand and being filled with the Spirit on the other. All right? So let's, so one is a negative and one is a positive. He wants us to stop doing something and start doing something. Okay? So let's think about this first on the stop doing. What does it mean to be drunk? Like, don't be drunk. Don't get drunk. Okay? What does that mean, though? Well, what it means is being drunk is you, you have a controlling influence over you by a substance that is outside of you coming into you that affects how you carry yourself, right? A substance outside of you coming into you that affects how you carry yourself, how you behave, how you interact. And Paul is, is saying to the Ephesian church, 
many centuries ago and to us, don't be controlled by this created thing, but be controlled by the creator. You, you want something far better to be the controlling orientation in your life. And it's the Holy Spirit of God himself. But let's think about this text at another level. Look at where it says, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, when you consider that language, if you were here last week, you might be going, there's something different going on here. There's something different going on here. If you missed last week, I encourage you to go to the podcast and listen to it because these, these, these really kind of work in tandem. See, last week we talked about being sealed with the Holy Spirit. The idea that when you hear the gospel... Respond to it in faith and trust. What happens? We are sealed of God, meaning we are stamped with God's approval, with God's ownership, with his care and protection. And the evidence that that has happened is the Holy Spirit being alive in your life. Right? And Paul stated it last week in, in chapter 1 as just simply a fact. You are sealed with the Holy Spirit of God. It's not something that you did. It's not something that you contributed to. It's just a fact. So be encouraged. When you heard the gospel and believed it, this is what happened. So in that sense, it was kind of passive, right? But today, it's more active. The language in reference to how we relate to the Holy Spirit has changed, hasn't it? Be filled with the Spirit. So last week, there's nothing to do. This week, there is something to do. How does that work? Well, this this verse is in the form of a command to human beings in the Ephesian church, to human beings at the vine in Madison. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want you guys to to do something here, to, to participate in this. Be filled with the Spirit. Okay, great. So how do we do that? Great question. I think it's kind of like this. Real simple. As a human being, keep eating. As a human being, keep eating. Eat, it's a way of life or you die. So I'll always be a human being. That's who I am. But my experience of being a human being is going to be much more enjoyable if I don't starve myself, right? That makes sense, right? Um, another way to look at it might be like this. Um, if you're a car owner, keep filling your car with gas. If you don't fill it with gas, you can't drive. You need gas to drive. Keep filling it. Put, keep filling gas in the gas tank. Now, I may have the, um, the title to my car with my signature on it. And whether I drive the car or not, I still am the owner of the car. That's my identity. I own the car. This title says so. But if I want to drive the car anywhere, i got to fill it with gas, right? Another way to look at it might be like our home, we have a wood-burning stove. And we fill that with firewood to heat our house in the winter. So... Our identity is my identity, my wife's identity. We own the house. Again, we've got a title to the house, signature. That's our identity. We own this house. Now, our experience of living in that house might be a lot more enjoyable, powerful, um, yeah, just better if we don't 
have the house set at 45 degrees because no one put fire in the fireplace, right? Make sense? And so we're going to greatly enjoy our home in the winter if the temperature is over 45 degrees. So in the same way, whether it's identity as a human being, identity as a car owner, identity as a homeowner, Paul's already established the identity of the Ephesians. It's secure. Your identity is secure. You're sealed with the Holy Spirit. He's in you. That's a fact. That's a done deal. But in addition, there's another side of the coin that we read four chapters later. Sealing was chapter 1. Now here we are in chapter 5, and he's talking about the Holy Spirit again. There's another side to the Holy Spirit coin. Don't get drunk with wine, verse 18. But be filled with the Spirit. Now, based on, on the, the, the Greek, I just got to get you something technical here real quick. Based on the, the, this original Greek word of be filled, a better translation would be keep being filled, like a continuous action, like a habitual, continuous thing that we're going to always be focused on. Keep being filled with the Spirit. And so the implication is this is a, this is a filling, is a continual pursuit. Like keep keeping in step with the Spirit, to use the language of Galatians 5. Just like we need to keep eating, just like we need to keep putting gas in the gas tank, just like we get, keep putting firewood in the wood stove, keep being filled with the Spirit. I want to bring my friend Emily up right now, and here she is. Uh, and, and Emily gets to be a visible, tangible sermon illustration today. Thank you so much, Emily, for coming. Now, Christians are filled with the Spirit. And in a similar way, Emily right now is filled with baby. <laughs> right? She is, she is um, exploding with baby. Right? Yeah. You are radiant, Emily. That is awesome. So she's pregnant. That's a fact. That's, that's her identity right now. It's a done deal that Emily's pregnant. And during Emily's pregnancy, like there were things that you could do to continue the health of your baby, right? So um, if you starve yourself, that's not good for the baby. That's probably, is that, is that, yeah, or you, no, it's not good for anybody. And if you don't pursue good rest, especially at this stage, that can be challenging for the baby. And early on, maybe, maybe not now, you'll have to tell me, but like exercise might have been important. Maybe, okay. And uh, like you got to steer, steer, you got to let your doctor know I'm pregnant. I can't have certain medications, right? And, you know, you gotta, can't have drugs, alcohol, or any of those things, right? Right, right. So there are things that Emily can take responsibility for to see to it that, that the filling of her baby continues to happen in a healthy, beautiful way way, right? Does that make sense? Makes sense. All right, give Emily a hand. Thank you, Emily. So I think this helps us understand what Paul's saying here. He's saying, keep pursuing the Holy Spirit so that the life, the new life inside of you continues to flourish, continues to grow, right? If you keep on pursuing health, that which is true inside of you will continue to grow and grow until one day it will be complete. This baby is going to be born. And, and for Christians, that, that's a physical analogy, but if you think for Christians, if you think of a spiritual analogy, baby being born is the end when all things are completed and it's called the new heavens and the new earth and we have perfect communion with our Savior. 
So for Emily or for anybody else that is pregnant, nine months of pursuing healthy living is important so that the filling up with baby continues to flourish. But in biblical terms, it's a lifetime of pursuing the filling of the Holy Spirit. Keep being filled with the Holy Spirit. All right, so I think that's clear. How do we do that, though? How do we do that? How do we make sure that we are continually being filled with the Spirit? Well, let's, again, let's make this as simple as possible. If you need to fill up your car with gas, you have to go where the gas is, right? If you want to keep eating, you have to go where the food is produced or where the food is sold. If you need to fill the wood stove, you've got to go to where the firewood is. So if you want to be filled with the Spirit in the same way, you have to go where the Holy Spirit resides. You have to go where the Holy Spirit is, right? Now, a few weeks ago in John chapter 3, we learned that the Holy Spirit goes wherever he wills. He's like the wind. You can't control it. You can't bottle it up. The Holy Spirit is sovereign, okay? We are not those that control God, But on the other hand, the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit does dwell or embody or enliven certain places, in a sense. He dwells in the Bible, he dwells in the church, and he dwells in the act of us praying. He's with us in prayer. There's a a filling of the Spirit that can happen in fresh ways through our reading of the Bible, through our participation in the life of the church, and through prayer. Because if we're going to be filled with the Spirit, like it says in verse 18, we've got to go where the Spirit is. Make sense? So this isn't exhaustive, but I think these are some biggies. So first, we have to go to the Bible. If you want a fresh filling, filling's always found in God's Word. If you want to be healthy spiritually, Jesus said that man does not live on bread alone, but on, how does man live? but on every word that comes from the mouth of God, Matthew 4, 4. So he's saying, uh, he was being tempted by the devil, and the devil came to him and said, well, you know, you're fasting out here in the wilderness. Why don't you, you're, you're Jesus. Why don't you just make these stones into bread? And he's like, devil, you don't get it. You don't get it. Like physical hunger, yeah, that's, that's significant, but spiritual hunger might be way more significant. And I'm gonna focus on the spiritual hunger part, and I know that my, my spiritual food is the word of God. For me to be healthy, I've got to have the word of God. And so we got to be filling ourselves with the word of God. And we know that the word of God is the word of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit wrote it. The Holy Spirit resides in it in that sense. So look at this verse from 2 Peter. This is just showing us that the Holy Spirit's all over the Bible. Knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God, how? As they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit in, uh, inspired the Bible, of which prophecy has so much of a place. Okay, so there's a lot more to say here, but the point is that they, they were, they were car- the Bible was written by those that were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Ultimately, it's from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wrote the Bible. He's all over the Bible. So if you want to be where the Spirit is and get a fresh feeling of Him, steep yourselves in this book. 
steep yourselves in this book. God always loves to work in tandem between the Spirit and the Word. The Spirit and the Word. You see that all over the place in the Bible. So to be, keep being filled, we've got to go to source of nourishment. The Holy Spirit loves to nourish through the Word. Second, we've got to go to church. We've got to go to church, right? Now, this isn't like, like a lot of times people have like guilt trips when it comes to church. And like, or, or view church as like checking the box and now God is happy with me. And like I was kind of raised with that mindset. I don't know why. It just is. No one taught me this. But like church was just a thing that I did. And I was trying to maybe climb a ladder of good deeds. And so, yeah, it's good to go to church. And then I feel better about myself and then go on and live my life during the week. But that's not church. And that's not what this text is saying about church. Let me see this text here. On the screen, 1 Corinthians 3.16, Paul is saying that church is where God resides. If there's any motivation to go to church, man, you want to be where God is by his spirit. And look at what he says. He's writing to an ancient church in Corinth. And he's saying, do you not know that you, and this is a plural you, like a you all, do you not know that you all are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? Like Corinthian church, this church is where God dwells. You see this language of temple. The temple was the place in the Old Testament where God chose to actually dwell with his people. And now Paul is using that language and saying, now the temple is the church. Now the temple is the church. And where does God dwell now? He dwells in us as believers that are gathered together. So to keep being filled, we have to keep going to church, assuming that church loves God's word, which the Holy Spirit wrote, and loves to share their faith, and loves to submit to King Jesus, and loves to see the the fruit of the Spirit stirred up, and loves to practice the Lord's Supper, and baptism, and church discipline, and these normal marks of, of the classical healthy church. So the word church The Holy Spirit's all over those things. That's where he is. And then finally, prayer. We experience a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit in prayer. I'm sorry, in the Bible, in the gathered church, and one more, in prayer. Let's look at this text. This is just an example of how this works from from the ancient church that we find in the book of Acts, chapter 4. And check it out. They had just been, this endured a horrific persecution. And they're coming back from that, and they gather together, and, and they pray. Their response to persecution was prayer. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken. And they were, what's the language? All filled with the Holy Spirit. And then what happened? They continued to speak the word of God with boldness. So what's really interesting is that the Holy Spirit had already been given. Okay? In Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit, I mean, it was promised in Acts chapter 1. You're going to receive power, he says to his first followers. And you're going to be my witnesses. And the Holy Spirit's going to come on you. That's Acts 1.8. And then in Acts chapter 2, it happens. And for the first time, they feel this fresh new covenant blessing of the Holy Spirit indwelling them and empowering them. So the Holy Spirit has already been given. But yet here in chapter 4, it says that they were filled with the Holy Spirit. So which is it? Well, it's, a, it's both, right? Just like Ephesians 1 says that we're sealed with the Holy Spirit, and Ephesians 5 says keep being filled with the Spirit. 
in the same way. They'd receive the Spirit in Acts chapter 2, but there's a continual filling that happens. In some ways, yeah, I know this is mysterious, but it's just what the Bible assumes. So we're going to embrace it. They prayed, and what happened? They were filled with the Spirit, and that resulted in boldness. The evidence of being filled with the Spirit was boldness, right? And it's just a biblical fact that if we neglect prayer, we neglect the power of the Spirit in our lives. If we neglect prayer, we neglect the power of the Spirit in our lives. Because it's just what Jesus told us, just what the Bible teaches. Come to me. Let's talk. Come to me. Let's talk. I love to commune with you when you demonstrate that you understand that I am sovereign and you are not, and you come and you just ask. God says, I love to show up right there. You want to experience me? Take that posture and come to me and then get the joy of having communion with God and see him answer your prayers, right? So we've got the Bible, we've got church, we've got prayer. Man, this just sounds like the normal means of being a Christian, right? It's not exhaustive, but these are some biggies, right? Prayer, Bible, church. And it's no wonder that, that Christians have been doing these things for a long, long time, right? This is how, not, this, this isn't exhaustive, but these are some main ways that we experience the filling of the Spirit in our lives. So, man, I just want to say, let's, let's stay at it. Let's stay at it. Let's believe by faith that God knows what he's talking about when he gives us his word and he shows us these things. And, man, so many of you, I look at our church and go, so many of you are doing such a great job at this. So I said, let's just keep at it. Man, I, I want this. I want this. So let's not neglect these normal, simple means of being a Christian. Because I really believe that's a key to power. Like Acts 4 kind of power where we can actually speak the gospel with boldness. Where there's power to live a new life. Where people look at us and go, man, there's something unique about this gathering of people. And at that point, you're like, you know what? Can I tell you about it? Can I tell you about it? Because it's really not me and my power. It's God and his power working through me. That's the Holy Spirit that I've received, that he's been given as a gift. And let me tell you about it. If you see anything unique in me or us, then that's God alive in our life. Can I tell you about it? Well, let's, let's keep going in this text. And I want to I show you what the result of these things is. Because that's what Paul does here. It's like if you, if you have this fresh feeling, a continual habitual, a continual action of pursuing being filled with the Spirit, even though you already have it, I'm going to pursue it, a, a daily experience of it. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? And verse 19, 20, and 21 tell us what will happen. There's going to be singing. There's going to be a thanksgiving and there's going to be submitting. Look at what it says here. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So see the three things there in 19, 20, and 21? When we repeatedly and continually keep showing up to where the Holy Spirit is in order to receive being filled with him regularly, habitually, the evidence of that happening is going to be clear. 
He says that it's going to look like singing, being willing to sing. You see it there in verse 18. It's like, be filled with the Spirit. And it's like he's saying, as a result, there's going to be an addressing of one another in song, a singing. There's going to be a thanksgiving, verse 20. There's going to be submitting in verse 21. Sometimes I've had people ask me, either this church or other churches that I've been a part of in the past, they might come to me and say, is your church a spirit-filled church? And if you're not steeped in Christian culture like I have been my whole life, that might not be like a weird question to you. But for me, I know that in certain circles, what that question means is, are, is the church that you're participating in um, experiencing the supernatural gifts of the Holy Spirit? That's what that means. Is your church a spirit-filled church? Meaning, do you speak in tongues? Do you um, see prophecy happening in a supernatural way? Do you uh, see healing happening in a supernatural way? And those are good questions. And we're going to talk about those things uh, in coming weeks here in our series on the Holy Spirit. But according to this text, if that question comes, are, is your church a spirit-filled church? I'd say, well, man, let's, let's turn to Ephesians 5 and see what the filling of the Spirit looks like. And I would say, yeah, our church is a spirit-filled church, according to Ephesians 5, 19, 20, and 21. The, the baby isn't all the way born yet, right? But we're certainly pregnant and pursuing greater filling. I see people who love to sing. I, I, I'd encourage you to sit in the front if, if you don't very often, because it sounds good down here, right? Because um, you can hear everybody singing behind you. I spent the first about 13 years working in churches, first, sorry, first 13 years of my adult life uh, working in churches as a music pastor. And so I've invested a lot of time and energy into thinking through, like, are people singing? Why are they not singing? What's going on in the room right now? And man, I, I just want to say, like, the Vine, by and large, is one of the best singing churches I've ever been a part of. And that's evidence of being filled with the Spirit. Like, if you're just like not wanting to sing and it's just like, oh, we're going to sing, like that might be an indication that you're not filled with the Spirit. Um, because how could we not sing if the gospel's true and we really understand it, right? How could we, like, like the song says, how could we keep from singing? It's a great rhetorical question, right? The gospel is true, man. We've got to erupt with thanksgiving somehow. And the way that God has wired us is that it can't just be spoken word. It can't just be deeds. Like our love for God has to have some other type of physical, mysterious manifestation. And the way that that's, that happens, according to the Bible, when we're created in his image, God is a singing God. Zephaniah says he sings over us in our sleep. And as a result, making us in his image, we do this mysterious music thing too called singing. I don't know why. I mean, what, think about it. What is it? It's like we vocal cords and there's sound that comes out and there's pitches. Like, you know, if you think too metaphysically about it, it gets real weird. But we just do it. God has made human beings to enjoy music. And we sing. And Paul says here that we're a singing church. And that's evidence of the Spirit. And I want you to be encouraged this morning because by and large, our church, is a, our, our church sings well. So be encouraged. The fruit of the Spirit is among us. The evidence of the filling of the Spirit is among us. 
I see people that give thanks. Verse 20. Giving thanks. What does it say? Giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We're not doing that perfectly, but by and large, be encouraged. I see people who don't complain all the time. Unfortunately, like churches can be filled with, with just complainers that are just focused on their preferences. But that's not what I see at the vine. I see people that give thanks, that have a humble attitude. Prideful people think they deserve everything. And so if you, if you deserve everything, what do you have to be thankful for? But humble people are just grateful for whatever they receive because they don't assume anything because they're humble. And so typically that overflows into thanksgiving. So the fact that the Vine Church is a, is a church that gives thanks is just, man, thanks be to God that his spirit is alive in us and we have that type of humility. Verse 21, man, I look at our church and I see people who are submitted. I see people who are submitted. One of the things I say most often when people ask about our church, and, you know, since I get to be one of the leaders here, um, people ask a lot, me, like, what's your church like? And I say, almost always, I would say, man, our, our, our church is full of humble people. Humble people that listen well. They're not entrenched in their own agendas. They're not seeking to just get their way constantly. And that's verse 21, submitting to one another. Arrogant says, I'm going to get mine. I'm going to do whatever it takes to be first in line at all costs. I'm going to have hidden agendas and be politicking and maneuvering. We haven't had a lot of that. We have people that, that understand that we have to show deference and submit to one another. Be teachable. So, man, Vine family, be encouraged this morning. Be encouraged. There's evidence of the Holy Spirit's work all over us. So I just want to encourage us to keep on. Keep on keeping on. Keep on pursuing a filling of the Spirit through the Word, through community, church, through prayer. And honestly, this is just a great plug for our city groups. Our city groups are structured with these three things in mind. We want to be centered around the Word. We want to be focused on relationships where you're filled with the Spirit, I'm filled with the Spirit. There could be people that aren't filled with the Spirit that don't know Jesus yet come in and see, hopefully, people that are filled with the Spirit. And we're going to structure prayer into our life because we want to have a place where regularly, habitually, we're pursuing a filling of the Spirit, like the Bible says. So that's why we structure city groups and we ask members to be in a city group because it's for our blessing. We're not trying to make you spiritually busy. We want to see you blessed through having a context together, community, church, to put the word and prayer at the center and to, and to believe that our relationships are important. So let's just keep at it. Let's keep at it. We are sealed with the Holy Spirit, Ephesians chapter 1. So be secure, be confident. God's stamp of approval is on you. And we are in the process of being filled day after day after day. So let's keep on. Let's keep on. Like, like a great picture is people gathering in submission on their knees together in prayer with Bible open. And that's, that's the picture. That's the picture. Let me close with this. Um, 
I know for some of us, this Holy Spirit stuff is kind of mysterious. And we're kind of like, I don't, know, I don't understand how this works. And maybe like I'm someone like, like me that likes to have it all mapped out and look at it and understand. And John chapter 3 says that you can't have it all necessarily mapped out. And the Spirit does what he does. He doesn't fit into a spreadsheet. doesn't fit into a math equation. You can't control him and, and, and determine outcomes. And so like if that is your orientation, like this stuff can be hard for you. And you might just be sitting there going, I don't get this stuff. I don't understand how it all works. But I do want more. I do want to experience the filling of the Spirit and have that evidence in my life. Let me just give you one scripture that I think can make it really simple. This is what Jesus said to his disciples. What father among you, if a son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more... Will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? If you've been kind of struggling with this series up to this point, that's okay. I would just say, check out this verse. What does Jesus say? He says, just ask. God loves to be a giver. The giver gets the glory. God loves to be seen as the giver. And so if you want more of the Holy Spirit, just ask him. Just ask him. And and I guarantee it will drive you to the Bible. It will drive you to prayer. It will drive you to community. It will drive you to boldness and sharing your faith. That's what it's going to look like. But if, if you feel like you're not there yet, just ask. Just ask. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this truth. We thank you that you promise to meet with us. We thank you that you promise to give the good gift of your Holy Spirit. And so, Lord, I pray that these these evidences that we've looked at this morning would be found in greater and greater measure. God, I pray that um, you would help us to, to not quench your Holy Spirit or grieve the Holy Spirit or resist the Holy Spirit, but that we would press into where you are found for the sake of your glory and our joy. In Jesus' name, amen.